This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? I think the Hurricanes might have found their goalie of the future. They might have. Alright guys, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. We hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, we know it's been a very rocky week for the Hurricanes, hasn't it, Sam? That's probably putting it quite mildly. Yeah, that's that's probably true. So we'll get to some Canes news, and then we'll get to the games um, dissecting on how it was a rough week. For the Hurricanes. So uh, the first news I do want to get to is that uh, Tara Vinan and Patch Reddy appeared on the ice as we we're recording this yesterday. And that is very good sign because part of why the Canes are struggling is their offense. So it's really nice to see those two players back on the ice. They're playing with uh, Canes legend uh, Justin Williams. Which, that's a very good sign, isn't it, Sam? I think it's needed. I, I think you desperately need Tara Vinan, and I think you desperately more need Pat Charetti. Because right now, the Carolina Hurricanes power play is nothing more than a negative thing for the team. It does nothing but suck the life out of them at this point. They cannot score. They do not look good. They cannot keep zone p- possession. They look bad. And I think Pat Charetti is a good addition. And Tara Vinan, too, that's two power play regulars right now that are not in the roster. And at this point, it's almost a joke. Yes. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the games. Um, it seems like Turvine is a little bit more optimistic or a little bit more on returning sooner than Pacioretty is. Um, I, we still don't know the timetable for Turvine, but I guess we probably think maybe in a couple weeks is probably. my guess. Yeah, I'd probably guess the same. You know, again, the sooner the better for him, and, and you need him healthy. You need him 100%, because he probably has not been that. So you need him to be 100%, and when he is 100%, he's he's a big playmaker. He gets the puck on the stick of the people who need to score. So you need Tara Vinen. You need Pacioretty, because you need those. You, those are two players that create offense. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we'll see how their progress to returning the ice uh, does for this team. And uh, the next bit of news, um, this is more lighthearted news. I kind of mentioned this on both the Twitter and Instagram page, which you guys should follow if you haven't followed it yet. But Canes had their hockey fight against cancer uh, night um, against Colorado. That was an overtime loss, of course. Um, But I I just want to appreciate, I like that the Canes have these type of nights. Uh, where it shows that uh, there are more things than just hockey. Even though hockey is very fun and very enjoyable, I know um, cancer has kind of been a weighty subject on my family's part uh, the past uh, probably a couple weeks. Uh, so it, it it's something that should not be taken lightly at all. Yeah, no, it's a good night to have. It's good to be able to raise awareness and raise money and um have a conversation about it it's important so it's good to 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 bring 
awareness again and to have these nights. It's good for for the community. It's good for uh, raising money to just be able to find these uh, cures and, and do research. My dad's a pediatric oncologist, so I know he appreciates it, and I know a lot of people do, so it's good to, uh, it's good, good, a good, good night to have. Yes, it is. It really is. Um, another piece of news, and this is kind of our last piece of news for the week, uh, is that during the Chicago game, uh, Kachekov gets his first career shutout in just five NHL games that he has played with the Hurricanes. Very happy for him. And I thought he played great in both Chicago and the Minnesota game. He was, to me, a very good stonewall. Yeah, I think Kachetkov should be the starter right now. I think he's better than Ranta. Definitely better than whatever Freddie had been doing um, before he got hurt. But hopefully that was just because he's been hurt. And when he comes back, we'll, we'll have a healthy Anderson. That'll be back to his ways from last season. But until then, I, I mean, the reason you lose some of these games is because you just don't get big saves, right? Uh, again, Colorado, I mean, you know, I don't really blame Anderson for most of what happened that game, or uh, Ronta for most of what happened that game. But I feel like he shouldn't have been easily undressed like he was on the breakaway goal. So, you know, it'd be nice to get a save, right? Exactly. And that's something you have not been having from your goaltending, except from Kochetkov. Um, And tonight's a good example, right? Hurricanes lost to the Wild, um, but Kochetkov was outstanding. He kept you in the game. He gave you a chance to win. You cannot win a game one nothing. No, you really cannot. On occasions, of course, you, you'll, you will win games one nothing. But that's not how this team should should play. They had a great, great many chances to extend the lead in the first period, the second period, and they just they couldn't do it. The offense is a joke right now. It is just a, nothing short of a joke. But the bright spot of this week is Kachetkov. He he looks like an all-star goaltender. It is very hard to beat him unless he is screened, unless you have someone in front of him, unless he cannot see the puck. He's probably going to make the save. That's how Minnesota tied it tonight. They had people in front of it. Kachetkov couldn't see it. Goes in. Kachetkov sees it. He's probably going to stop it. That's how good he is right now. Yes, yeah, he's been playing fantastic, and I'm sure you probably start him against Winnipeg on Monday. I think that's the way to go. I think starting Ron, I think at that point, if you don't start Kachetkov, I think there's some questions that need to be answered because it, it makes no sense not to start Kachetkov. Yeah, so we'll see how the coaching decision does uh, on the Winnipeg game. And let's say Anderson does get back healthy. I'm guessing you'll... Do you want to send Kachekov down? Or do you want to keep him up and maybe look at trading Ronta? Um, Because I would think if you want Anderson and Kachekov, then Ronta's the odd man out. I think you need to see some uh, games from Anderson before you would ever make that decision. And, I and a good chunk of games. That's a decision you probably don't make until the deadline. If you have a healthy Anderson who's competing and playing like he did last season, but if you have an Anderson who's letting goals in like Scott Darling did, I, I think you... you I don't know what you do, but I, I don't think sending Kachetkov down is the right move. And I think Kachetkov's going to make that very hard. I think he has made that very hard for them to do to send him down when Anderson's healthy. 
Yes, and also I think part of it too is that he's played better than Ranta. As he's played better player. than Ranta and Anderson, he's been the better of the three. Um, yes, but you—it's just with Anderson, you have more in stake in than you have with Ranta. I mean, at the end of the day, both of those two are contracts are up at the end of the year. Yeah, they are. As is Kochetkov. You again, we're in a situation where you don't have a goalie under contract. I think that's true. Maybe we have someone else in the minors who who is under contract. But I, I actually do think again we have a situation where our goalies aren't under contract. But Kochetkov is an RFA, and I would be really surprised if he's not given a contract. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that'd be interesting once all three goalies are healthy. What this team does. Let's get to the games. So the first game we have is Carolina at Chicago. Sadly, this was the only win that the Canes have had this week. Uh, but against fir- a bad team. I, yeah, against a bad and team. And that's what I said last week. The Canes beat bad teams, and not even handily. This isn't a handily game. They, they played okay. They didn't exactly put, push, you know, push Chicago to the, to the brink of annihilation or anything like that. And they, they played a decent game and got a win against a team you should. Yes. And you're beating bad teams. That's what you need to do can't beat good teams though you're not going to do anything in the playoffs but go four and out yeah so in that first period um i mean the stall line shows its dominance yeah marnuk scoring from burnt and stall we for a minute we thought it was drury who yeah. got that goal it was hard to tell <laughs> but it was marnuk but it was marnuk that tipped it from Burns, yep. and Burns is finally coming in to be that defenseman that we know. I thought Burns' best game was against Minnesota, actually. I, I think Burns opinion. has looked very good. I, I think if you want to look for bright spots this week, you look to the Chicago game, because you got to win. You get a shutout from your young goaltender. That's awesome. Burns has looked good. He looked good against Minnesota. He looked good against Chicago, Colorado, and Minnesota. I think Burns is looking really, really good. Kachetkov's looking really good. The stall line's doing good, but guess what the stall line's job is not? to score goals. And if you look at this game, you have a singular goal from Svechnikov, and the rest is the stall line. Your top, your top players aren't doing anything. Now, they did against Colorado, but not enough. Yeah, not, yeah, not enough. Um, you're not, it's kind of like in these games, you, ha- you have at the most two of your top players playing. It's not all your top six players playing well. Granted, a couple of them are injured, but you're not having your top six uniting, uh, getting points together. You just have maybe two at the most in your top six getting points. And that's that's the issue that this Canes team has. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. They, they just they can't score. And that's the problem that you have. That's the problem that they're going to continue to have. And I'll, I'll, I'll give my overall opinion on the week at, at the end of the after we talk about the wild game, but yeah, <laughs> um, I, I just it's it's con- it's concerning. I mean, we have a you have a good game against Chicago that that's needed, and I really felt that maybe this game would kind of transition them into the hockey that we know they can play, right? But it did not. I mean, it just it just did not. Yes, great. Martin Stahl scored. Well, yes. why did Naho? Why? Where, this is a bad Chicago team. This is a bad Chicago team. So why did Naho get a goal? Why didn't they just get a goal? Like, why isn't this win like five, six, nothing? I know we're starting to nitpick on a game we won, but that happens, and it's concerning to Hurricanes fans because we went through ten years of really bad hockey, right? Really bad hockey. 
where the Hurricanes are either just not good enough or really, really, really bad. But it was, you know, this mediocre play that we're starting to see right now. And yes, the Hurricanes have a winning record. Good. They will not keep that winning record if they keep playing like this. They will not. It'll just, you'll just keep losing. And that's just the concern. It's, you know, great. You got to win against a bad team. But couldn't find a way to win against a good team. Yeah, and um, we'll get to that Colorado game in just a couple minutes here. Um, I mean, Svech scores. It it was a nice goal. Tip um, Foss actually defended the player uh, uh, from Chicago. I can't remember who that player was, but uh, Foss does a good job by defending it, by getting a stick on the puck, and Svech finds the open puck and scores it. It's 3 nothing. I'm I'm happy for uh, I I think all the fans at the end of this game were mostly happy for our goaltender. Absolutely, Kochetkov is the reason you win this game. Kochetkov is the reason you're in the wild game. I mean, it just goes back to what I said at the very beginning of the podcast. I think Carolina's found their goalie of the future. He does not look shaky like Nedeljkovic had in the past. I think he's a very very solid goalie. I think what you have with Kochetkov is so much better than whatever you have with Ned. You know, worst case scenario, he's your starter next year, right? I mean, you know, I I don't know if that's your best case. I guess maybe best case scenario, um, but I don't. Either way, it's Kachetkov is going to end up being the starting goaltender. He is your next. He should be your next Cam Ward. And if for whatever reason this team trades him again, I will be just dumbfounded. Like he could be better than Ward because even though I loved Ward to death, and he did play behind suspective defenseman during his time. I mean, Cam Ward, I mean, his save percentage was around uh, the 900, 910s yeah. save percentage, so he might be better. Yeah, I mean, Cam Ward's my favorite Hurricane of all time. But, you know, it's always been this search for this replacement. Thought it was going to be Scott Darling. That was a big old no. Nope. Um, they bring in Morazic to be banking. Morazic did fine, but he wasn't the answer. You have Nedeljkovic. He was not the answer what the front office thought, and he, he's shown that to be accurate because he has not been very good in Detroit. He's their backup now, and he still is not very Doesn't look good. Um, and then you bring in Ronta and Anderson for two years, and they're, they're not the answer. They're older. And at next year, you're in the same position that you were two years ago. So the question becomes, is it Ronta Anderson again, which is the answer to that should be no. It really should be no. If you do not sign Kachetkov, I think you will start, you will be asking for the fans to demand answers from you. Because that's twice you've traded away young goaltenders. Not saying it was wrong to trade away Nedeljkovic or right to trade away Nedeljkovic. I'm saying you've done it twice, and at that point you're like, hmm. Because then you also traded away Makanyemi who would have been your other option for starting goalie, right? He was one of your younger players. You traded him in the package to get Burns, which is a good, it's a good trade. I don't have a problem with it. But you've traded two goaltenders away in two years. You, you, at some point, you need to take um, a risk on a young goalie. That's how you get Shesterkin. That's how you get a Vasilevsky as you let him play. Yeah, And you don't keep going for older goaltenders. That just does not work. Not all the time. Freddie was great last year, so was Ronta. No, no, no denying that. But um, Kachetkov has looked elite. Just pure and simple. He has been elite this year. Yes, he has. Um, it's funny that you said the cycling of goaltenders and all that type of stuff. We kind of did that a little bit with the right shot defenseman. It was first Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. 
Tony D'Angelo, Brent Burns. I kind of felt the same way when we, I mean, granted, I think Brent Burns, I think he's the combination of both D'Angelo and Hamilton. He's the better of the three, too. So, and you get him for three years. So at least you're settling on him for a few seasons. Yeah. And that's, that's good. That means we're not having to do that. Your top four are solidified for the next Two to three years, I believe. So, and that gives development to potentially Scott Morrow, who I know you and I are both hyped on. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And also, I want to take note in the Chicago game too that Lejoie got called up. Yeah. I thought he played pretty decently against Chicago. Yeah, he looked good. I'm not and any to and to be honest, after seeing him, I wouldn't mind us calling him up, making making a swap. Basically, for Coglin, for Coglin, because I do, I, I just that Florida game really yeah. caught my attention. I mean, honestly, Coughlin. if I'm honest with you, I start Coglin against the Jets, though. I put Coglin out there over Dehan. Actually, I put Coglin out there maybe over Chatfield. Chatfield made me mad tonight. I just, I did not think he was great. I thought he just he's easily he got easily agitated, and I think you need to shut. I think you need to set him down. For a game, taking yeah, that just to calm his just, emotions, probably. Yes, taking that penalty was one hundred percent unnecessary. It was, it was like, what are you doing? That was stupid, idiotic. I know you get emotional, but I don't care. That's a dumb penalty to take. Yeah, it an is an unnecessary penalty to take. I, I, yeah, I think benching him for a game is good. Um, not maybe you call a bourgeois to play with Dahan, but I, I think the reality is it's. I think you do Hogland DeHaan. I think Chatfield should be sat for a game. I, I thought his play tonight. I thought that penalty itself warrants a, a game off. Yeah. Um, and I remember a uh, one of our followers on Twitter uh, commented on your post on the Chatfield penalty. And, I mean, he's young and hopefully 25, 26 years old. Hopefully this is a teachable moment for him. Yes, it was a stupid penalty. He shouldn't have done it. But hopefully moments like these are teachable moments. That's what we all want from all these players, not just Chatfield. Yep. So uh, let's get to the Colorado game. Um, This was the game where I thought we had the most pure domination against, and yet we still lost. So let's get... To it, first period, uh, Colorado uh, scores Rodriguez. It, it was on a power play goal, too. Um, unfortunate uh, play there. They're up one to nothing, and Carolina, I mean, they play great from, to me, the first to the third period. Um, and in the first period, I, I put this in our show notes here. Why I liked from Ajo was in that first period at least was that he was angry. Yeah. I like angry Ajo. I think we need to see more of that. And I mentioned this in the last podcast. I like it when these players express their emotions. It yep. shows their passion yep. for the game. I think and, and of the three games we're talking about, I think their best game was this one. They played phenomenal. Right, they were outstanding. They dominated Colorado. Colorado did not look like a Stanley Cup champion, but you know what they did? Like a championship team, they found a way to win the game because they took advantage of the chances they had. 
and of an anemic Hurricanes power play and an anemic Hurricanes offense. But there is good to take out of this game. Like you said, Ajo looked angry, and that's the best kind of Ajo you can have. And, you know, the best, the two best players you want angry, you want frustrated, you want to get out there and hit and play hard. Ajo, stall. When those two players are mad, stall's going to make you look like a little child. And Ajo's going to make you look stupid. Yeah. Well, Stahl kind of did that in the Minnesota game tonight. I remember when, um, oh, I can't remember the Minnesota player's name, but he tried to hit Stahl, and Stahl just turned around and just knocked the guy out. Yeah. It was so funny. Stahl is the, has the, to me, the strong, is the strongest player on the team. Yeah. Um, so end of the first period, it's disheartening. Carolina gave everything they've got and they're down one to nothing. Second period, there was a glimmer of hope as Ajo scores from Natchez. Great faceoff win from Natchez. And there was a, uh, a little bit of a scrum in that faceoff circle. And Natchez finds the puck, gives it to Ajo. Ajo scores top shelf on Pavel Francois, who has been a Canes killer for this team. and But that's good because Carolina and Colorado are now tied. You have hope. But then, Carolina takes a breath. Yep. And they take on the ice, too. Yeah, Slave One's on the ice. Now, this is the goal that you mentioned, and I agree. I think Ronta should have had this goal. Actually, no, I don't think Slavin was on the ice. I'm sorry, I, I, got, I may have zoned out. <laughs> well, Natchez was on the ice. Yeah. Um, I It might have been Pesci, I can't remember. Yeah, that was I on think the it ice. may have been Pesci or Shea. And, and that, you know, I'm willing to give... I'm willing to give them a pass. I mean, good gracious day. They have been nothing but good on the back end, shutting down the team's other team's top players. You know, you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but you have to rely on your goalie to make a big save. And you did not get that. Ronta Ronta just looks like... (laughs) Ronta (laughs) just got undressed. I mean, he bit so hard on that move. It was not even funny. Yeah, he did. And and that was the problem. He bit it so hard that he couldn't recover. No. In fact, he, he it, it kind of like me saying um saying just a few seconds ago, he put himself out of position. Yeah. And it was just really frustrating seeing that. And New Hook scores makes it two to one. You need that big save. Now, with the Minnesota game that we'll get to, you had all kinds of big saves. Yeah, all, all kinds of big saves. That was the difference. Yeah. But Ronta, he wasn't tested a lot this game. Now, you could say, well, that could lead him to being rusty. Which it possibly could, but you're still a goalie. You need to prove that you are the better goalie of the two, even though Francois is probably at that point saved about 30 saves of Carolina shots. Yeah, I mean, you need to be the better goalie. And in this game, the Colorado goaltender was the better goalie. I mean, re- right recently, Carolina's making every goalie look very good. Even in the Chicago game, Mrazek looked very good. And Chicago is not very good. <laughs> um, 
it's frustrating. It was frustrating. Fortunately, though, Carolina does get a goal from Natchez from Slavin late in the game to to tie it. And at that point, like you said, there's just there's 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 hope. Yes. because Carolina's buzzing for the rest of that period. Yes, they were buzzing, and it was just so f- f- frustrating. Um. Seeing Colorado score in overtime because they tied it, that made the overtime much more emotional. And I would say even in overtime, I mean, Carolina still played, I thought, I thought relatively decent, even though it wasn't as good in the first three periods, which pretty much made up the game. Uh, but what I've noticed now is when it comes to the power play, they have become defining moments as to why the Canes lose. Yep. They've really, because it's been that terrible. Um, I have it on here on the show notes. The power play is one for the last 21. You can't have that. Nope. And win games. Nope. Penalty kill, 14 of 18, 77%. Not good enough, 77%. This power, this penalty kill was almost at 90% last year. 90%. That is a 23% drop in success rate. That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Now, the penalty kill, I think that's both the com. I think that's, to me, a little bit more falls on the goaltending, even though the defense has been suspect as well. Yeah, I mean, because most of it. starts. When Kuchetkov has started, the penalty kill's been fine. Exactly. He's getting saves. He's, he, your goalie needs to be your best penalty killer. Last year, Ronta and Anderson were. This year, they're not. They were not at all. I mean, it's been bad. And, I mean, Carolina, but the Carolina, blame is on the, the unit itself, too. It, it hasn't been as good as you really, truly, desperately need it to be. Um, but uh, Kuchetkov's been elite. Yes, he has. So, I mean, Colorado scores. And Carolina had the power play leading into that overtime, 11 seconds. So they had a good chance of gaining possession. And this is another issue that we're starting to have in overtime. We see it in overtime against Minnesota, which we'll talk about. They're not valuing possession Mm-mm. of the puck. Not at all. And, um, I mean, Slavin shoots at the puck. Um, Jarvis. Um, he. Jarvis Fetch, I mean, they, they they rush. They need to calm down and just cycle. Cycle the puck yeah. until you get a good chance. And if you don't, you just hold the puck for five minutes. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. You win, a fa- you win the face off and you just move on. You but try they, and find a shot. If you don't get it, you don't get it. But you do not just give away possession. That is stupid. It's idiotic. That is why they lost these games. It is. It is not good. They were not good. Now I will say this: in the Colorado case, I feel Ronta should have had that. I really do. It's three on two. It's not like it's a. You know, I, I feel like there's a, 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 a way you should make that. You should have that save. You should hope your goalie have that save. Now Slavin wasn't very good on that case. It's rare that you ever say that, but that the, the two people back didn't play it well. But you hope you get that save. Yeah, because um, yeah, it was a three on two, and with your goaltender out there, it's basically three on three. Yeah, so your so, goalie should should 
be ready. Three on two. Yeah, you know there's a pass coming because they're not just going to shoot the puck. So you know you're going one way or the other. So you kind of get ready to move. And Bronta just didn't didn't do it. No, he didn't. So at the end of the game, Colorado wins in overtime, and then we get to the Minnesota game. Oh now, boy. when when it comes to this game, uh, the effort was there. I would say the first half. Yeah. Last half, it was all Minnesota. Yep. Especially in that third period. Yep. Minnesota put so much pressure. Uh, their defense was really dynamic. Yeah, and you also can't expect Kachetkov to get shutouts every night. I cannot be how you expect to win these games by just getting the goal and holding on for dear life. Because that's what the Hurricanes did. They didn't really look like they were trying to score the last period, at least. They only had two shots on goal, I think, and the third. That is not good enough. No, it's not. Now, comparing Minnesota to the other teams we've faced, I think it's pretty fair to say they're better than Chicago, but they're not better than Colorado. Um, They're, to me, a... I would think they're a playoff team with Kaprizov. Healthy. They are, but they're also not that great right now. I think that improved them to 8-8 on the season. I believe. Yes. So, you know, they're a 500 team at the moment. Um, yeah, eight and eight, eight, eight and two. So, it's it's a team that you need to beat. They're not as good as you. Their best players, Kaprizov. After that, you don't really have anybody else. It's like, oh, you know, they're you know, that's their Sechnikov, that's their Aho, that's their Teravina, and that's their Jarvis, right? You have a couple. Matt Boldy's a good hockey player. Joel Erickson X is a good hockey player, but they don't have that other elite talent on the team like Carolina does. So, Colorado, you got beat by the Stanley Cup champions. At the end of the day, there is no true shame in that. I think the officiating was piss poor in the Colorado game. It was it was bad. Yes, Carolina had more power plays, but the winning goal was scored because the, the Colorado player stick was between Jarvis's legs and took him out. That's a trip. That is a blatant trip that the officiating opted not to call, and it won the game. The officials couldn't take the officials lost complete control of the game in Colorado against Colorado. Colorado scores on a power play that should never have been called, and they got the game winning goal on a goal that there should have been a penalty on. So again, I I know it's like beating a dead horse. The officiating has been atrocious. It has been atrocious. It is not evenly called. But I will tell you this. Tonight, against the Wild, I felt like for the first time, you have a veteran crew with Wes McCauley leading the team. It was, I think, a fairly officiated game. I thought it was even throughout. I think, you know, you had an instance where, I think you have one where I'm not overly thrilled with the call of the trip to Slavin. I felt like that was caused by the hold. But at the end of the day, he called both. Right, and that's better than you know you just calling Slavin for a trip, which would have been bad. But I liked that the tonight's official officiating crew was good. I didn't see anything where I'm like, oh okay, you know. My complaint of this game when it came to penalties was you had an idiotic move from Chatfield. It's like, what are you doing? That was stupid. Yeah, you and I, we both agree that was a stupid, a retaliatory penalty on Chatfield. So that's, you know, tonight I thought was good. Colorado, I, I feel so. You have two very specific moments that caused Colorado goals that the officiating crew 
allowed to happen or caused directly. And I, I think that's a problem. Not the reason you lost that game. The reason you lost the Colorado game is because you couldn't score on the power play, couldn't get goals. And that's why Carolina is losing is because you can't score. You can't make the most of your chances. I will never blame necessarily the officials for losses. I will blame them maybe for, you know, for poor performances. For- and they should be blamed for that. I mean, and they should be called out when instances like where Jarvis is clearly tripped and there is no call and it directly leads to a goal. But you're not in that position if you scored on one of your five power plays you had that night. Five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I will say on officiating, and if you're a new listener on here, you guys will know. I don't like talking about officiating that much, Sam. You do. But one thing I do want to say when it comes to the officiating is it is inconsistent. And that's what yep. fans want. Yep. They want that consistency. Yeah, because we, you don't normally hear us complain about calls on the Hurricanes. Usually they're a penalty. Usually. On occasions we'll, we'll take disagreements. Usually when it's embellishment, stupidest call on hockey, that almost always gets called exclusively against the Hurricanes and no one else. And yeah, yeah, that that I'll get mad at. I will yell and scream at a hockey game when that when that call is made because it's usually stupid. Um, and and the goalie interference thing that's not really on the officials. That's more on the rule book. And also Toronto, and it's up to interpretation, and that's also stupid. <laughs> well, that's part part of why I hate the rule book. They they made it really um, interpretive, yeah, which I, I didn't like. No, I don't either. And again, what fans want, what we always want, what we always ask for, is just call the game fairly. They did not do that against Colorado. They tried to keep it. They they and they probably you know. And the reality in that game was Carolina had five power plays. So they decided, oh, we're not going to give them another one when they strip Jarvis. I mean, again, you have that incident with Tim Peel, right? Who's like, I've been wanting to call a penalty on Nashville. And that's what they do. I mean, if you think they don't, that's a joke. The officiating looks for penalties. They look to call things on other teams to keep it even. Guess what? You shouldn't do that. If it's a penalty called, if it's not, don't. If you're not going to call anything throughout the game... Don't call anything. Don't call a ticky-tack call on one team and then let a board like Jordan Stahl getting slammed into the boards. I think it was last week. forgot the game it was. And you don't call that, but then you call the ticky-tack. You called Svechnikov for, for checking a guy, a legal check, into the shoulders. Not to the back, not into the numbers, just a good, clean hit. That's a penalty, but you hit Stahl on the numbers into the boards, and that's not a penalty. Carolina just wants it to be Fair, even, consistent. It has not been that for the last about two to three years for the Hurricanes. It has absolutely not. Absolutely not. Call it even. Make it fair. If they, if the other team commits a penalty, don't let it go uncalled. I'm not saying you have to go looking for one. If Carolina does, in fact, commit more penalties, and they really do them, that's reality. But there were instances against Colorado, again, where... The KK, that was not a penalty. It wasn't. It just, it just wasn't a penalty. People do that all the time. So you, the one time, probably the whole season, they're going to call it against the Hurricanes directly leads to a goal. A completely blatant trip on Seth Jarvis bleeds to a chance for Colorado, and they win the game. 
Yeah, and like you said before, just a few minutes ago, I mean, I agree. I don't blame the officials for a game, but I do think officiating when it comes to hockey, because officiating is controversial for every sport, mm-hmm. obviously. But when it comes to hockey, I think there's a little bit more weight on the officiating because of the fast-natured sport. It's very fast-paced. Officiating should not be blamed for a game that is truly on the team's performance. But because of the fast-paced nature, I do think that when there's a penalty called or um, a penalty that is not called, it can change momentum. And again, it's because of that fast-natured game of hockey. Very fast-paced. So we get to the third period of the Minnesota. We knew they were going to score. They, Carolina was helmed in their zone. Yep. Sam Steele scores. Yep. Um, the only bright spot is probably because his name is the same name. His <laughs> first name is the same name as us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know... And you can't blank a check to call the dude couldn't see the puck. I mean, he had like, what, 10 bodies in front of him and the puck goes in. I mean, he had made so many good saves. And you cannot, again, you cannot rely on the goaltender to stop everything. Kochetkov had not allowed a goal in almost two hours. I think it was two plus hours of play. That's, that is unbelievable. That's elite. That is Shesterkin, Sorokin, and Vasilevsky kind of play. I mean, you cannot, and even then, they're not expected to get shutouts every night. Need your offense. Tampa Bay scores goals. Yeah. Right now, I'll tell you right now, I am petrified about playing Boston this week. I am petrified. Oh, I, I am afraid too. We are going to be, this is a tough week, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to say that because I know we're getting closer. To, you know, we'll, we'll finish the Minnesota game and then I'll kind of give a preview of what I think. Rise ahead for the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, and they score. And that's unfortunate that they tie the game. And, you know, I'm honestly, if I'm honest, I kind of didn't say anything for the rest of the game. I'm just sitting there watching. But I felt, and I tweeted this out after they scored the goal to tie it. I said, I believe that they need to win this game. The way they have played the first half of the game, they should have scored more goals. I more or less said the way that they have played, they needed to win. They needed to get that extra point. They did not. They did not. It is not Kuchetikov's fault. It was a two-on-one. And the pass gets through, and that's the job of the defenseman. Stop the pass. Goalie takes care of the shooter. Defenseman takes care of the pass. Didn't do it. Puck goes in. Ball game. Yeah, ball game. And I don't know if this falls on Brendan Moore or the players, but... Like what we said, they need to value possession when it comes to overtime. I'll give my opinion on what they, I think the team should do in a minute. Um, well, we pretty much yeah, I mean, it's finished the, the so, Minnesota game. So just, go ahead. So what we've seen, we've we've laid out for you guys over the last couple couple of weeks. The power play has been atrocious. The offense has been atrocious. You're not scoring goals. You're getting wins. Now this team right now, they're playing very well, but they're not finishing. They're not scoring. But this isn't a problem, in my opinion, that's been there, has just developed, right? If it had just developed, you're like, okay, it's not a big deal. It's not a a pattern. But this is a pattern stemming back to February, January, February of last year, right? The power play dried up. The offense dried up. Continued into the playoffs. Power play dried up. Offense dried up. 
You're able to squeak out of a series win against Boston, and you get decimated at home in Game 7 against the Rangers. Why? Because your power play is horrible. Penalty kill wasn't very good either. That's when the penalty kill really started to show that it was a problem. Goaltending, you know, at that point, it's not Carolina's fault. Kachetkov is a rookie goalie. Ranta is made of glass, and um, Anderson's out. So, can't really blame your goaltending. You know, you can't, you're just, you're banged up, didn't work out. But this is something we've seen the last couple years. And I know this could draw ire, but I think <laughs> Carolina should look into a coaching change. Not Rod Brindamore, because if I said that, you all would probably cancel us. <laughs> I can understand that. And, well, and, and you know, I think that that conversation should be had at the end of the season if you have a similar knockout. And I think that's natural if fans want to have that conversation. And we'll be here to have that. Well, we will if that's the fate of this team. I don't, I don't believe that will be the fate of this team once they're healthy. But I do not have faith in Jeff Daniels. He has been unable the last, from, again, from January on, to get the power play going in the playoffs now. And honestly, in the playoffs the last couple of years, the power play has been not good. Not good. Not good at all. I, I think it's time to make a change with your offensive coach. I think Jeff Daniels has done a good job. He helped this team get to a Stanley Cup and win a cup in 2006. I think he's been a good coach. But I don't see a reason to not bring a new voice into the locker room. I think you need to do something, and maybe if you want to say this is an overreaction, that's fine. That is your opinion. We're not going to, you know, tell fans that their opinions are necessarily wrong or that their takes are necessarily wrong. If you want to say, you know, you know, it's we encourage discussion. We always have. And I'm like, I'm my opinion. My co-host might disagree with me, and that's and yeah. You know, we'll we'll let him. I'll let him say his piece too in a minute. I might disagree. But I believe in what I would personally do is I would I would let Jeff Daniels go. I do not think he is the answer right now, and he has not been able to fix the problem. And I'm not saying it's all on him, but I think that kind of a shakeup can really do something in a locker room and make them think, huh, maybe I'm not so safe. Right? You fire an assistant coach who's been there for a while. It gets you thinking. It makes you it makes you start to have questions, and I think that's important. Um, but I think you fire Jeff Daniels, and I would honestly replace him with 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 Justin Williams. Interesting. I would replace him with Justin Williams. I, I think that that voice in the locker room is what pushed you to the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals, and and the first year they won the playoff, and then the made it back to the playoffs. I think the voice of Justin Williams in the locker room on the bench would just be so, I think, critical to this team. I would like to see that. Again, I know fans might not agree with me, and that's fine. I understand. And at the end of the day, the hope is when Pacioretty and Teravine comes back, maybe everything just clicks and we're fine again. All's right in Hurricanes world and Twitter world and all that fun stuff, right? But I think it's time to have these conversations, right? I think it's important. Carolina's 10-5 and 3, 23 points. The Islanders are at third place. Carolina's second, obviously New Jersey's first. The Islanders are 11-8-0 with 22 points. They beat us. The Rangers are 8-6-4 with 20 points. They're fourth place. And the Pittsburgh Penguins at fifth place 
8, 7, and 3, 19 points. The fifth place Penguins are just four points back of us. It's two games. We are four points from being outside looking in. It is, start, it is time to start being somewhat concerned. And again, this is you know a lot of emotions this week. It, it's been frustrating. Overtime losses are so much tougher to, to take because you're right there to the end. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, I don't necessarily know what you can do trade-wise to, to fix the power play and the offense. You know, there's no one you can get unless you want to go get Patrick Kane. And at that point, you got to ship someone out with a lot of cap anyway. So, you know, at that point, it's like, who are you willing to move to make that work? So that's not the answer. And maybe it is Pacioretty coming back. That could be it too. Yeah, it could be. So my opinion when it comes specifically to the power play. Uh, the difference I have from your opinion is I don't think Jeff Daniels is going to be fired, mainly because, one, I honestly don't know what the difference is going to be. Second, we all know Robert Moore is very loyal to his staff. Now, that can be a bad thing. It can. Uh, Bryn Moore is a very emotional coach. I think we can all agree with that. It can be good. It can be a bad thing. It depends how you use it. Another thing on the power play. Uh, when it comes to Jeff Daniels being fired or not, I think there will be more pressure on Jeff Daniels if the power play was not clicking, but we had everybody healthy. If we had Patch Ready and Turbine and healthy, I think there'd be more pressure on Jeff Daniels. But again, I just don't see it happening. But one thing that I think what needs to be better with power play, one, you need to have more one-timers, in my opinion. Now, interesting enough, I read an article on The Athletic this past week on saying that slap shots are starting to become ineffective which is a very interesting point. Um, but you still need those one-timer options. Again, it, you, need, you need options at this point. One-timers are an option. I, I, I like the Ajo bumper, but you can't rely solely on that. You need to have various options. The bumper, which is fine, but that cannot be your only option. You need to have the one-timer. Another thing that's very important that I'm not seeing a lot of these players do is net front presence. If the goalie sees it, he's going to capture it. Yeah. Yeah. There is not a lot of net front presence with this game team. And another thing, too, when they're moving and handling the puck, they, they try to look for that perfect fine pass. They try to be a very fine team. Throw the puck at the net and have the aggressiveness to go after and grab the puck and yep. do it again. Mm-hmm. That's what this Canes team needs to do. Yep, exactly. And another thing that I want to go into, you haven't talked about this, is I don't think this team is going to win a Stanley Cup with KK being at second-line center unless maybe, and this is just a big maybe, if Svetch and Netras are on the wings. I am having huge doubt in KK right now. I really am. And 
You and I talked about this of when Patch Ready comes back. I wouldn't be surprised making Natchez the second line center because I think he's earned it more than KK. And KK be your fourth line center. Yep. KK has not been, to me, a very good, effective player. And if you're playing top six, you have to make points. He isn't. Now, with Jarvis, yes, he's not producing points. But at least you can see the effort from Jarvis. With KK, I sense a little bit of a of that laziness, that laziness vibe that you get a little bit from Teravinen, especially from from Victor Rask when we had him. It's very frustrating with KK right now, and to me, he is the player that I'm mostly disappointed in in all the top six players. And one thing I've noticed with the top six too is that Brandon Moore likes to have a pest. Last year, it was Trocek. And this year, with all the injuries, and I think is the reason why he's playing on the Ajo line, is Nason's the closest thing to a pest that we have. Because we, because you, you need to have that pest. And I thought Trocek would fit, fit the bill perfectly. Nason, at times, can be a pest. But Trocek, obviously, was, was the best one. I'm having concerns about this offense. So that's my take. So after the game, Rod Brendamore had a few things to say. And I think it's really good that we have seen this from from Rod. I think it's important to have... You know, when Rod makes his feelings known, and tonight was tough, it was frustrating, he's angry. So Walt Ruff tweeted out, um, very frustrated Rod Brindamore, um, the team was crap after the first period. The fact that we got a point out of that one is a miracle. He went on to say, expressing that it was another night that the team did not have all 20 players going. That is... True. So Rob Brendamore sees it. Fans see it. It is absolutely... This team will make the playoffs. I, I really don't think that they miss. If they do, that is a whole nother problem. A whole nother problem. But I, I, I mean, you and I aren't advocating and saying, oh, season's over, season's over. No, I'm saying there are things you can do to fix it, and you are too. And I tend to agree with you about KK. I'm concerned about him right now. I'm concerned that he's not there. I'm concerned that maybe we have another um, Victor Rask, Alexander Semin kind of a thing where they lock up the contract and they just stop trying. And that's not good. I think you had mentioned earlier that the Hurricanes were looking at a player. We were involved in another trade rumor. Um, I forgot the name of the player, but I think he was a center from Vancouver, I believe. Oh, yeah. Bo, Bo, Bo Horvat. So maybe that's what Carolina is looking at. Um, Carolina had some pro scouts at the Buffalo-Toronto game. Is there something that they're looking at there? Right? Or are they just doing due diligence? You can believe both. It's possible. You never know. Carolina could be looking to shore that up. Maybe they don't believe in KK anymore. I still believe the worst-case scenario for Kokinyemi is he will be the replacement for Jordan Stahl at the end of the day. Because KK has played a very good defensive game. Uh, the complaint we have with him isn't on the other end of the puck. It's in the offensive zone. It's his scoring abilities. 
So I think at the end of the day, maybe KK is a third-line center, the shutdown center. And at $4 million, that's better than Jordan Stahl's $6 million, right? So, you know, I think at the end of the day, the contract won't be bad. It's a matter of at the moment. Does he become your second line, Does he speak, or does he slide in as the third-line center? And the contract is acceptable to both positions. He's an underpayment for... Right, you know, he's a steal at a number two. He is about where he should be at a number three. But it just goes on to the point where, you know, these are players who just aren't scoring. And I think it's important to to note, right, that you have Jarvis not getting goals. Jarvis hasn't had a goal in a while, a long time. KK hasn't had a goal in quite some time. Although I thought Jarvis actually pl- yeah. was noticeable in, the, in was the Minnesota game. Skating fast, playing hard. You have Stepan, who has not really been good since the home opener. You have Stasny, who just hasn't been good the whole season. Um, I agree. I believe with Adam Gold said that maybe a night in the press box would be good for him. But at the moment, I don't think you have any other options. <laughs> now you bring up Jamison Reese. Suzuki, I think you do have, I mean, you honestly probably do have options. You know, you have Nason, who's been fine, but I don't think he's a first-line player, so that's a result of, obviously, Tara Vinen being hurt and Pacioretty being out. Um, you have just the inability, you know, Drury, I don't, I, some people are more impressed with him than, than I am. I'm just, I'm not, as in, I don't think he's been great since being called up, but I would honestly consider sending him back, bringing up Jamison Reese. Maybe bringing up someone with a little bit more offensive touch to him. But either way, at the end of the day, Caroline is not getting goals. And that is the story of this week, the story of this probably last couple weeks. I think you would probably agree the last couple weeks it's been the story. Now, let's not discount Ajo's had a hat trick this season and Svechnikov's had a hat trick this season. But you cannot rely on those players. To do it all. Game in and game out. They should and they have to. Because right now Carolina doesn't have it offense anywhere else in the lineup. Yeah, we I mean we shouldn't Except blame. on the stall line. And that's that that's not where you are supposed to get offense. And you just desperately need to find it and you know what? I'm not even saying that it's not there. It's not there consistently. You have a game where you come in swinging hard. Aho gets a hat trick. Then you have a game. Svechnikov gets a hat trick. Svechnikov has had two hat tricks this season. I apologize. Both against Edmonton. Um, either way, you're not getting it consistently. And that's been the problem with the Hurricanes. It's been consistency on every, every level of the game. Penalty kill has looked better. Has looked better. Absolutely has looked better. When Koshikov is... Yeah, when Kochetkov's in there. But even in Colorado, they allowed one, but one out of four. The last week, the penalty kill has been better. Carolina didn't allow one tonight. Didn't allow one in Chicago. They've allowed one in the last three. You take victories, right? You take little victories when your team is going through a tough time. Power play has just been... Power play, there's no victory there. It's trash. Um, You just, you hope. That things get worked out. You're right. They're not going to fire Jeff Daniels. They should. They really should. And <laughs> and I'm not even arguing because I don't think Jeff Daniels can come bring it around. 
I'm saying I think you need a change. I think you need a fresh voice in the locker room. And I think you should bring in Justin Williams. Your argument that hey, he has no coaching ability. He yeah, has no I, coaching. He has no coaching experience. Tim Gleason did not. He never coached. He never done anything really coaching wise. Been like developed player development coach, maybe defensive, and that's fine. But Justin Williams, you know, Rod is a player. Justin Williams is a player. Justin Williams spoke to that locker room before, and it's a lot of the same guys. A lot of the same core. I just I think that voice in the locker room would be good. I think there are players. I think there is. I think that you could bring somebody in, and just imagine a coaching staff: Stanley Cup champion Rod Brindamore, elite defenseman, and Tim Gleason, a good shutdown defenseman, Tim Gleason. And the penalty kill is coming around, which is why we're not. I'm not saying anything about Tim Gleason. I was concerned, but the penalty kill I felt would come around because you saw glimpses of that becoming what it needed to become. Now the Kings were really good with discipline tonight yeah. against Minnesota. Absolutely. They only had. One opportunity to be on the beat kill. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Absolutely. And then you have Stanley Cup champion Justin Williams right by his side. You have championship pedigree and your coaching staff. And yes, Jeff Daniels won the cup here in 506. So did Williams. But Williams spoke to the locker room. He was that locker room's leader. I feel as though his voice in the locker room could be a help would be something new. Again, they will not do it. You're right, Rod's loyal. And that is a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. And I think in this case, it's going to be a bad thing. I did say it could be a bad thing. Yeah. He's, he's very, I mean, I think he's very good, but he's also very emotional as a coach, well, too, he was which tonight. can get you in trouble. And he was tonight. I, I shared his, his comments on Twitter, so if you're interested, you can always pull that up and take a look. It's honestly, you can go to Bally's Twitter, too. It's on there. But I know you and I are probably a little raw from these last two games. We were at the Colorado game. I was angry. You were angry. We're both angry after tonight. It's a game you really felt like you should have won. Felt like you should have put more goals in the first 30 minutes. But I wasn't as invested in the Minnesota game than I was against Colorado just because of that dominance that Carolina had. Carolina didn't really have the dominance factor against Minnesota. They had it the first 30 minutes, but the, to me, it was all Minnesota after that. Yeah, and I think that's fair, too. So, on to Winnipeg? Yeah. Uh, and one more thing, the 25th anniversary moments. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first this time. Okay. Um, there were a lot of bad memory, you know, bad things that happened during the Dark Ages, as you have so lovingly called them. The Dark but, Ages. Yeah, one of my favorite games, though. And you and I actually hadn't met each other yet, but we were both at the game. And that was the Rod Brendamore jersey retirement night. Yes. That game, you had an outstanding, because it's, it's ingrained in my memory. I know the Hurricanes, I think they won it like 5-2, to 5-3. And I know they won the game. But you have an elite save from Cam Ward that night. Crossed glove save. One of the again, just one of his glove is just one of the reasons why I love loved Cam Ward. <laughs> He's just awesome. His glove, his, his his desperation saves are just so many highlights for Cam Ward. Desperation saves. Oh, there are. But being able to see the man's jersey go up into the rafters, the man who won you a Stanley Cup, brought you back to the playoffs. You know this the the guy who's just what it encapsulates what it means to be a Carolina Hurricane. 
was such an emotional game, a great game. I went out to that game with my dad, and it was just so, it was awesome. Because that that, that team that was not very good played their hearts out that night for him and won that game. And it was a fun game. It was Wasn't against, it like a three to one win? Hey, it was three to one. Philly. I thought it may have been like five two. I, I just know we won the game. Yeah, we did. We won the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that also Philadelphia fans are jerks. Right? They are not nice people. Oh my god! They do not like people when they leave their city. They do not like players when they leave their their team at all. But you will never hear a Flyers fan say one bad thing about Rob Brindamore. They love that man. He's been inducted into, the, I think, the Philadelphia Flyers Hall of Fame. Rod Brindamore is loved by each franchise. He was at Philadelphia, St. Louis, Carolina. Yeah, that was the, that. That was definitely a great game. I had really good seats. I was in um, uh, in the uh, first section there, um, down below. I think center ice one. I think I was in one thirty. I think I was in one thirty too, which is uh, that's the corner. I was in one thirty in the corner. Uh, oh wait, no, 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 no. It wasn't the corner. It was uh, center ice. I can't, but I can't remember what <laughs> section I was. It was really good seats though. I was lower level for that game, but I begged to be lower level for that game because it was an important night. But you know, even during the dark ages, there were great moments which is why we're doing this right there's just been great moments from this franchise in the history right i'm my i was born in 97 that's the year the carolina hurricanes came into existence. same year so you know it's just it's great to see these moments you know it's a team that i've loved it's a team that's been great hockey has for me been what's gotten me through tough times right it's something that i can always go and i can watch i could always go to and enjoy even when they were bad right so that's just what hockey has been to so many people. And it's great to talk about a franchise. It means a lot to a lot of fans, especially to the fans that stuck with this team through the bad times. And there's been a lot of us. Yeah, there has. Uh, for my best moments, one of my best moments was uh, the year we came back, came out of the Dark Ages. Uh, the overtime Brock McGinn goal. Uh, second overtime. Oh my gosh, that was just fantastic. I remember you told me where you were at, but I was at um, Buffalo Wild Wings in Holly <laughs> Springs. And I came out, ran the entire block, and then back. <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah, I, I, was, um, I was in college. It was quiet hours, and my room. One of my roommates was like, "Can someone just score? It's getting late." And I'm like, "No, has to be the Hurricanes." And it's just getting, you know, it's inching along in second overtime, and everyone at that point's invested, so they're watching the game. And some and Carolina had momentum too. Yeah, they were the better. And well, you know, Washington's older, Carolina's younger at the time for sure. And it's just funny, like my roommates who really don't care that much about hockey were invested because it just it kept going, and when they won. The game, I jumped up and I started screaming, and my one roommate like puts his hands on my shoulder. He's like, "Shh, it's quiet out. We're gonna get in trouble." And yeah, the RAs knocked on the door. He's like, "You got to be quiet." I'm like, "I'm sorry, my team just beat the Capitals." <laughs> and we, yeah. What was their reaction to they that? They were like, "I understand, but you got to be." Quiet. I'm like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> I'll be quiet." <laughs> um, that's that's funny, but that was such a great moment, and I thought it was funny too. Um, seeing 
Don Waddell's reaction because he was at that game and 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 he and, and he cheered and Peter Mrazek he uh, slid did a belly yeah. flop and slid on the ice. That was just a very fun, great moment. It's fun talking about these type of moments, and I think it's a good way to end these episodes for the season. So uh, remember, if you guys like this episode, please rate, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss another episode. Have a great week, everybody. Have a good week.